You're listening to the Zipline Logistics Truck Yeah podcast, where we explore all kinds of hot topics in the logistics industry. Get ready to learn, laugh, and get your brain off. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Zipline Logistics Podcast. My name is Jesse Jewett. Joined with me, as always, our Director of Training and Development, Teddy Lee Knox. Teddy, how are we doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, headed into the spring. The sun is shining here in Columbus, Ohio. Finally. And we have a special guest today. <laughs> One of our founders, our president, <laughs> Andrew Lynch. Andrew, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. It's it's very exciting. We always are uh, pumped, jazzed, enthused, energized when we have guests. But knowing someone that we've I've worked with almost now ten years, it'll be ten or no eleven, 11 years. years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, Teddy's celebrating almost twelve, almost 12 right. years. Uh, so I believe I, I did some calculations. I was employee number twenty. Uh, my class was sense. twenty through twenty-two. I was a, a fresh face. 30-year-old man with a couple of recent college graduates. Um, obviously, you were one of employees th- one through three. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty wild to see the evolution of Zipline in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a, a wild almost 16 years now. Um, you know, I think that uh, the, the simplest philosophy we had was to start by just hiring great people and figure out where they belong as we go. And that's not original at all, but it really worked well for us as, as obviously you two um, exhibit. <laughs> I was just talking about you in another meeting. I called, out, I called out 12 years on the spot, by the way. Nice. I nailed it. I have a great question, but I'm going to start with what I'm most impressed with you mentioned like finding the right way or right spot for people after you hire them um the question is what are you most proud of at zipline but before we start i want to emphasize that the growth even though it has been exponential i think the calculated growth and like the the slow and steady versus like hey let's you know get 150 people in here and, and go um that's something that i've really really appreciated um as you mentioned learning where I fit in the organization. Sure, yeah. um, has been really cool. But what are you most proud of? I mean, it's actually kind of related to that. I think the thing I, yeah, I used to always say that it was the 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 culture and kind of the vibe here because it's so unique and people really care about each other and and that is awesome and and I do still love that. But what I think I am actually a little bit more proud of is that the discipline that we showed on growth was really a part of a disciplined strategy on who we would serve and what we would build ourselves to um, to exhibit from a values perspective, not like integrity and accountability, of course, it doesn't matter, but like, you know, service, visibility, yeah. you know, uh, uh, expertise, education. And so as we've gotten to like a, a very healthy scale and we continue to, to scale and now we start to kind of look at the next phase of our evolution as a business through, you know, M&A and, and, you know, private equity back scaling. It's what's remarkable is that the, when things come through the door that don't fit the value set, they don't work. And while that can be frustrating in a, in a, in a challenging revenue year, it's still probably the thing I'm most proud of because we, we built what we were trying to, we're building what we, we set out to build from the get go. Yep. That, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, 
certainly as a CPG focused company, uh, when you get no offense to any recyclers or trash movers out there, yeah. we get it. Um, it's just not in our in our wheelhouse. And, and on top of that, I mean, no offense to the generalist brokers or like the folks that, that focus on bottom dollar. Yeah. Like that is a value set and people need to exist to serve it. We just exist to serve a specific one. And the thing I'm most proud of is how the discipline to that has led to something that, you know, really kind of self-perpetuates. Yeah, it's a really good call. All right, so we're headed into, we just finished up quarter one of 2023. We're expanding into two, three, and four. Let's talk about what you are most excited about for 2023. Hint, it's a topic of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm most excited about consolidation, and, and that isn't um, because it's necessarily new to us. It's just... Um, we've digitized a process that we've been really perfecting for 15 years yeah. and uh, put it in a place where, you know, similar to the rest of our approach to technology, you know, we're not trying to replace people. We're not trying to remove the critical thinker or the relationship builder. What we're trying to do is optimize that person's performance, take all of the low level RAM clogging tasks off their plate and hand them something that they can just use their retail expertise and their customer expertise to create something of like absolutely outsized value. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's great. So let's just get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. Beat first, consolidation, quick definition from you. Uh, so most people's definition of consolidation would be taking, you know, multiple orders and, and uh, converting them into one single order to ship on one mode of transportation. For some shippers, that might just be taking a bunch of case level orders and consolidating them into multiple pallets and shipping those multiple pallets to one um, you know, retail location or receiver location. For others, it might mean sending all of their product into a third party warehouse that then packages that product up with a bunch of other suppliers um, destined for the same you know, delivery channel. For us, it means, um, I actually just thought of this in the last meeting I was in, we don't do multi-vendor consolidation. We do multi-retailer consolidation. Mm -hmm. So we will take all of your product, brand A, and consolidate across your entire retail network to turn those little LTL orders that cost you so much money and get you so little service and turn back around and give you truckload costs on a per unit basis, truckload control, and um, a significantly higher on-time performance. One of the things I love about the way that we consolidate things is true to form with everything else we have, it's for specific customers. It's never just like, this is your consolidation model. It's, hey, here's an idea. What would you like it to be? Yeah. To your point, it's not multi-vendor. Um, and I think that, that, I think that makes it so much easier. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's on topic, but off as, as per usual with me. Um, but, you know, the, <laughs> there, there's been this, this, you know, decade of, people coming to market with tools as if those tools are holistic solutions. Mm -hmm. And the way that we consolidate, I, there are businesses out there that, you know, launched with the idea that like, this is the future of freight. And it, it certainly is part of it. But in our opinion, and you'll find this when we talk about our DFM, you know, product or, you know, whatever other, you know, technology products we choose to bring to, to, the, to the podcast. But the real answer is that the future of freight performance is specialization and deploying 
each and every tool in the tool belt in a way that serves that specialized demographic. And to your point, right, not, not all product varieties are the same. The way that we consolidate for snack food is a lot different than the way that we consolidate for consumer electronics and, yeah. um, and always will be, right? Yeah. I think, that, yeah, Man, this is, there's so many rabbit holes here, <laughs> but yeah. with big picture, the importance of consolidation, you touched on it a little bit of taking that LTL into truckload yeah. service. Where else uh, do you find the importance? You know, when we first created this process, it was really to serve some of our like mid-sized um, snack food brands that just like, they can't ship LTL. It's terrible, right? It's, it's class 250 or it's class 125 and it gets damaged all the time. And then you add to that the fact that it's never on time to these retailers. Um, but as we've evolved the, the process and, and, and deployed it for more and more shippers, we do find that different types of products have really different definitions of success. And, you know, for instance, I yesterday presented to a um, consumer electronics company that serves Sam's Club and they serve lots of retailers, but they're struggling with Sam's Club. And, you know, at the end of the day, th their LTL rates are insanely low. This is a global multi-billion dollar CPG, but the service is not getting them where they need to be. They're at a very, very, very low on time and full percentage. And all we had to do was solve that part of the problem. And it borderline didn't matter how much different the rates were, right? I mean, yeah. so at the end of the day, when we showed them something that almost doubled their costs, but by virtue of the fact that it would deliver a 97 to 98% on time in full, it actually expanded their gross margin, right? So that's one way. Obviously, the snack food example is a no-brainer. It, it's crazy to ship you know, five pallets of potato chips yeah. across the country. And also to try to do that while hitting a, a drop dead due date, you know, that only receives at five o'clock in the morning. Multiple touches. Yeah. In and out of a trailer. Yeah. Nightmare stuff, Six right? Times. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, we'll find that when it comes to shoes or when it comes to apparel, when it comes to Bev, um, you know, there are different ways for us to deploy it. And there's different value sets that people are looking for. For some folks, it's cost and our, our teams understand that, hey, this, this snack food company's priority is cost. I'm going to escalate to them anytime a consolidation looks like it's not going to be cost beneficial, and we're going to make a decision on how to operate. But for an electronics company, it might be the exact opposite. We might say, hey, you know, we're, we're not paying any attention to the cost difference here unless it's above a certain threshold and then we'll escalate. Thinking about that, and this is one of many tangents, so apologies, but... I think the market is certainly in consideration of that too, right? Like right now we see a downturn and carriers capacity is not full. That, maybe, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but there's available capacity out there and people yeah. are looking for freight. Truckers are looking for freight right now. And so maybe two years ago in the height of COVID, a multi, a three drop delivery yeah. from in Georgia and Florida and then Southern Florida may have not been desirable because they want to churn and burn, but now it is, right? And I think that's another yeah. uh, key element to consider in which I think we do a really, really good job here of like, hey, you know, this is the LTL price now, whereas before it wouldn't have made a lot of sense. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, again, it's, it, it comes down to, to operating values in those, in those environments, right? Like 
Uh, so sure, yeah, there were times when the consolidated shipments, you know, were so unattractive because of how much one-to-one -one freight there was out there that, you know, maybe it was a, a 15 or a 20% markup to run it as a multi-stop. But at the same time, the dynamics between retailers and LTL carriers was so bad then, right? I mean, if you recall, like there, you know, places like Kroger were booking out like 14 days in advance. You're getting your orders with 15-day notice. And, and by the time that you even tender it, you're out of luck. And so, you know, being able to, from, from the way that we operate, being able to dive in on day 15, go in and schedule all of our appointments for their appropriate due date, mm -hmm. and then work, you know, kind of backwards from there and, and the exception manage from there, really, you know, it, it still showed an outsized value for those clients. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked about a lot then that, you know, the, the folks that dominated post-COVID quarantine were the people that were on the shelf. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and we have clients that are falling down on the other side of that right now, right? That like their numbers were inflated because they were on the shelf. Right. And so they had high churn. Like, I mean, it, it speaks to how well we performed during that time. It's not like necessarily a, a great success case, but um, you know, it is the reality that yeah. getting on the shelf even then was maximum priority. Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit. And this is going to be kind of a two, a two prongs. Let's get into the nitty gritty of how Zipline works on the back end. How do our operators consolidate? And if that's tied into a, a client success story that you may have, I assume those would go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the the typical flow is um, ideally EDI, but you know, again, our the guys in the container are, are geniuses, and and we can turn pretty much any version of an order into an EDI transaction on our end. So orders flow into a, a, a central tool that our consolidators uh, are able to operate in. The first thing that happens is those orders are consolidated from individual POs into shipments, right? So whether it's 10 POs shipping as four pallets or it's 100 POs shipping as 30 pallets, it does that work for them right away. Yep. And then it immediately goes into our pricing algorithm and puts together truckload pricing for everything from, let's say, 30 pallets down to 12, right? Wherever you run into the linear foot rule for LTL. Yeah. Um, then it goes into uh, their, the published LTL rates that we have for that customer. That might be uh, blanket rates that are just based on the right carrier for each location. And, and by that, I mean, you know, the, the published, whoever UNFI says is their preferred carrier, like that's yeah. not necessarily the best carrier that delivers at Moreno Valley or, sure. or Redlands, right? So the right carrier, right location, goes and gets that pricing and then, um, you know, sort of organizes everything by due date and then um, allows consolidation based on the parameters of that customer's shipments, right? So mm -hmm. if it's, you know, uh, uh, boxes of, you know, cases of pretzels that are stackable, it's 60 pallets and right. 45,000 pounds, right? Yeah. If it's beverages, it might be 22 pallets, right? Jams and jellies, whatever. Um, and so what our folks then get to do is essentially start identifying based on each one of these orders anywhere where we have capacity. And we have clients where they have 25 pallets going to a, you know, a Walmart across the country. And we spot a three pallet order somewhere along the way that would be cheaper as a stop off than it would be as an LTL. Again, especially when you include damage and OTIF fines and everything else that can go along with those, those service issues that can come along with LTL. Um, 
And, and essentially they build these routes with all of the information they need right, right in front of them and really optimize for them. And then of course, like, you know, they have to use the training that Teddy provides them, right? To understand that, hey, this is UNFI, it's 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. And right. if you're an hour late, it's 50 bucks. And, but, um, you know, they, they rely on that training and, and you know, it, it goes back to, you know, not replacing people, empowering people and, and you know, letting people be critical thinkers instead of button pushers. Um, and so it's, you know, it's this, it's this really, you know, when someone really lets us get in, it's everything is optimized every single week, right? It's not just a set it and forget it. It's a, it's a touch every week, a couple times a week to say, we went and got the best LTL pricing for you from a performance standpoint and a cost standpoint. Then we went and got optimized truckload pricing for you and designed your network the way that it should be designed with the right due dates at the right locations. Uh, and the right um, uh, order cadences and minimum order quantities. And then we used our critical thinking skills and our experience with these retailers to create these multi-stop routes that drive your costs even down. And we have had clients where, you know, hundreds of orders each week turn into, you know, 85 or 90 truckloads that turn into hundreds of thousands of dollars of savings every month and still hitting 95, 98% on time in full across their their entire retail network, right? Every single retailer in the country. That's awesome. Yeah, I've seen the tool um, that our IT group has designed. I like to think of it as like shipment Tetris. Beautiful. Like it's a, it's a, this may fit here or like, you know, the long one can go in here, but like ideally it goes, you flip it and it goes a different way, yeah. right? We should um, talk to Dustin about that. Let's make a, a Tetrisized version of it. Yeah, that would be cool. And then we can make a movie about stealing it from Russia. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming together. Um, hey, here's a sales question. How easy is it to start consolidating with Zipline? Well, uh, easy to hire, easy to fire is my, uh, my favorite thing to say and everyone else's least favorite thing that I say on sales calls. But um, we don't have contracts uh, by and large with any shippers. Um, we don't need contracts to sign up. And uh, quite honestly, consolidation is part of the DNA of our operations team. They're gonna try to consolidate your freight whether you like it or not. And, uh, and they're gonna run things by you. So very. Yeah, no order is too big, no order is too small, quite frankly, uh, or like mix of orders. Yeah. You know, we, we do it with two, sh two shipments or two POs. Absolutely. We do it with 20. Um, and look, the more that people control, the, the greater their opportunity set is, right? So we, yep. you know, so many brands and suppliers to retailers let the retailer control the transportation. And there's only one grocery retailer, at least, that I can think of that you should let control your transportation. But, um, you know, and, and they do it because uh, the orders are small. It's only a few pallets. I don't want to deal yeah. with the LTL or God, it's a, it's a hassle and things go wrong. Look, those 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 folks are not picking up when they're supposed to pick up, and as a result, you're coming up with empty shelf space. Yeah. And this program allows you to capture unit economics that you you will not be able to find letting them pick up your freight or shipping product through LTL. Um, and again, performance that that will enable you to be a category leader, which is what a, a, a great number of our brands um, can tout today. That's awesome. Take control of your freight today with a CPG expert. Anything else we missed on consolidation? That's, I think you can't imagine. Job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So here's the deal. If you want to get a demo of the tool, if you want to talk to one of our sales professionals, you call 888-GO-ZIPLINE or visit us at www.ziplinelogistics.com backslash contact us. Woo! Thanks for joining us on another edition of the Zipline Logistics Podcast. See you next time.